Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow online. So if you're feeling stuck or like you can't move the needle at all, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us and book a free consultation. They'll be able to help you out and get you growing again. Cool. Well, today I'm sitting with Amy Love. She is the CMO at Pavilion. We get into a good conversation really about the power of of teaching and how when you go to teach, you can actually learn from your team as well. So we talk about learning from your team, communicating with the team to help understand their wants and needs, but also to instill a growth mindset. So cool conversation. Amy brings a lot of experience to the table. Yeah, so sit back and enjoy this one. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I have Amy Love in studio. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at Pavilion. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jordan. Glad to be here. So talk to us. Tell us a little bit about your journey, your professional journey, and what brought you to Pavilion. Certainly. Well, my journey started off uh, what I would term traditional for a marketer at the outset, but in the midst of my career, it's taken a few twists and turns that have really, I think, provided a broad base of understanding that's helped me as I've moved into the executive ranks. But to start my career off, it really actually almost goes back to high school when I was really involved with junior achievement and won the Dallas area VP of marketing role position four times in a row and competed nationally for that. So I've always had a love for marketing. I always love selling. I always love creating new products and ideas, even back to selling Girl Scout cookies. Um, When I was in college, I went to Texas Tech University and double majored in marketing and management. And I had the real fortune of having the opportunity to start my career off with Procter & Gamble, you know, a very strong traditional consumer product space company, great training, great mentorship, and really enjoyed my tenure there. I had always aspired to go on to graduate school. So I had the opportunity to get my MBA from Harvard Business School. And from there... Uh, I had a great mentor from college who asked me why I was being risk adverse, which uh, really wasn't typically my mindset. But at the time, I had so many consumer products offers coming out of Harvard, I really thought that's where I would go back. And this mentor really challenged me to think about extending my experience base and capabilities and encouraged me to really look at consulting, in particular, Booz Allen and Hamilton, who was launching a new consumer products practice. And so that's actually what brought me from Boston out to California. And I joined the Booz Allen and Hamilton Marketing Intensive Group and had the opportunity to lead and run engagements for that organization uh, before I was uh, brought back into the marketing realm from a business school classmate who had asked me to become the VP of marketing and ultimately VP of marketing and sales for a pre-IPO technology company. And at the time in Silicon Valley, uh, that's really where the growth opportunities were. And that's really what started me on the trajectory around the area of technology and growth. In between that, though, the nice thing about Silicon Valley, I think, is you have the opportunity to ebb and flow in and out of entrepreneurial opportunities. I've also had the chance to start and run my own company that I ran for more than 12 years, a national consumer sports magazine called Real Sports Magazine, and then also had the chance to be the CEO of a nonprofit called the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs and Executives. At the end of the day, though, my heart still really revolves around helping companies launch and accelerate new products, new product development. And I find myself today back in the role as a chief marketing officer, 
for a technology company focused on changing the way storage and data centers operate, recognizing the power of new technology. So in a summary, that's kind of my career. Very cool. So you've joined Pavilion and uh, I see too, we have, um, you know, from looking at your LinkedIn, you've also done some teaching at the university level. I guess, how has that really helped that experience teaching really helped when it comes to guiding and building teams and building businesses, um, particularly when it comes to, I guess, teaching and, you know, guiding marketing teams? Great question. I have thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to teach at the MBA level because it keeps you so current on topics of interest and what's happening with the growth and the changes in your discipline. Uh, I've had the chance to teach uh, marketing um, two MBA students for more than 10 years. And it really gives you that sense of understanding of what the challenges are of the next generation that's coming up into your discipline. It also gives you the chance to, to pose the questions and create the challenges that ideally open and spark the minds of what's possible for them as they're beginning in their career. Uh, I also had the chance to create a class with a colleague called Entrepreneurship from the Perspective of Women at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. And that too has been a really unique opportunity. Linda Wells and myself saw that there was an opportunity to bring greater visibility into the MBA classroom around very successful women protagonists. And that class is still offered today as a four credit class for the Stanford MBA students. So I view it as a professional. You have a responsibility to find ways to continue to give back. And I find teaching provides that opportunity in that you can help celebrate the success of other successful people, such as what we do with the entrepreneurship from the perspective of women class, as well as the opportunity to share your knowledge and insights to up and coming students through um, the standard MBA program on marketing. Yet for me as the professor, it also gives tremendous insights and knowledge and pushes me to continue to grow every single day from what I learned from the students themselves. I love that. And I think that last line is so important too, right? On what you can learn from the students themselves. And I think that managers listening to this, it's not a, a one-way street when it comes to education that we're able to learn from our teams and, and able to not only learn what their individual desires are, but also what's current, what, what what unique perspective do they bring to the table that then we may be able to you know fit into the larger strategy. So um, nail on the head with that one. Now, when it comes to, or sorry, go ahead. Jordan, if I build upon what you just said, I think it is really important, even for those of us that have continued to extend our career up into the executive ranks, that we always maintain that hunger to learn what is new. And the reality for marketing today is, you know, we talk about is the person a modern marketer or a traditional marketer? The reality is you need to have both skill sets, I believe, to be truly successful. The rate of change, if you look at Scott Brinker's MarTech stack that shows just the sheer proliferation of the number of marketing technology products that are out there, it's virtually impossible for you as a leader to be an expert on a minority of those, let alone a majority of those. So you really do need that mindset that the team that you bring around you, you want them to be hungry, to have an interest to learn, to look at new skills, new technologies, new product offerings that can help you do your job better. And I believe I am constantly learning from my team as I ask them to look into new technologies or as they bring new technologies to me. It's essential in today's modern marketing world. 
there's just fundamentally too many new great ideas out there to individually be an expert on all of them. You have to be of a growth mindset and of a mindset to say, I want to learn from my team and also guide my team for where we want to take the next product or the next launch or the next opportunity. And that kind of segues nicely into my next question, which is looking at really instilling growth mindset, you know, in a team and and what tactics maybe you've used or strategies you've used to do that. And I, I want to preface that by saying, you know, growth is not, growth can come in many shapes, right? And, and many forms. It's not only revenue, personal growth, learning, culture growth, all of these things. So is there anything that you've seen work or, you know, that you've applied or that maybe you've seen or or learned in previous positions that you've seen be really effective when it comes to implementing and instilling a growth mindset in teams? You know, in advance of this podcast, I went ahead and outreached to a couple of my team members and asked them from their standpoint, what have they seen in my style that they feel has supported a growth mindset? Because I wanted to validate my thoughts with their thoughts. And I think that's one of the key things is, are you open to feedback and and do you take the time to actually check in? Um, I think that's really important when you think about the growth mindset, because again, it comes back to not just helping others grow, but you too taking on the responsibility to continue to grow. In general, though, I would say my philosophy, and, and it was supported um, in you know, the research I did just by asking folks a few questions about it, is that I believe it's really important for you to fulfill the potential opportunity that it has to be a fit for both the person and the company. And I really talk a lot about that with recruits that I'm interviewing, irrespective of the level of position that they're coming in at. I don't want people to make a decision solely based upon the manager that they're going to have or the leader that they're coming for. They need to have something deeper into their psyche and their self-being as to why they want to come to this company. And when they're at the company, I want them thinking about how, in fact, is this going to be a good fit for both them and the company? And I find a big piece of that is what is their overall mindset? And I believe in this mindset of focusing in on what's in the best interest of the company typically will help support a team-based mindset rather than an individual-based mindset. So when you talk about the fit for the person, it is if your mindset is around teams, it's around focusing on the greater good, about focusing on what you can do to contribute to help the company grow and succeed, then you in and of itself will find that you are growing internally, personally, and seeing opportunities to feel the sense of wealth of impact and accomplishment through the help you're providing to help that company grow. And so when I think about that, I absolutely view that there are things as a leader you can do to create an environment for both personal and professional growth. On the personal level, I absolutely encourage online explorations, webinars, events, classes. I also encourage time away the chance to rejuvenate. Sometimes I absolutely come up with my best ideas about where do I want to take my organization the next quarter, the next six months when I go off on a hike on my own. When I take some time off to just set aside the pressures and the demands of the day-to-day and be able to look at the forest from the trees and really think about where we want to go. So I do try to instill that sense and that importance with my team that not only is it individual things they can do, webinars, events, this constant hunger to learn, but also to take that time away to rejuvenate. And I couple that from that personal development with, I'm a big believer that to get the most from your team and out of your organization and have collectively this belief that you're doing what's in the best interest of the company, you really need to, as a leader, provide the right level of context. And what I mean by that is 
every project, everything we do, we first and foremost start off with an alignment around what is the purpose for why we're doing this. And that is the why. And if you can get your organization to wrap their arms around the why, they then are empowered to think about the how that they're going to do, the strategy, the how of they're going to execute and or achieve against that purpose. And I'll, I'll be frank, I break it down at the most fundamental levels, even down to a press release. What is the purpose of this press release? Why are we writing this? Is this because we want to celebrate a new customer that has come on board with leveraging our technology to accomplish new business outcomes? Or is the why because we want to elevate awareness for a new software capability or technology that we think the mainstream media will pick up and want to run with? If the team understands those whys, they can then think about the strategy and the how and leverage their own knowledge to think how best to write that press release to deliver against that why. Because the reality is, Jordan, you would use a certain set of words, I would use a certain set of words to write that press release. But at the end of the day, as long as it delivers against the purpose or the why, you empower your team to take their own capabilities and come forth with the best. Now, while I shared that as a press release, we'll take purpose and strategy all the way up to the campaign level, all the way up to the market positioning. Why? What's the purpose for why we want to shift our messaging and our positioning? What will it accomplish? And then work through that strategy. If you provide that sort of context to your team, it's amazing how much empowerment happens for them to be able to ebb and flow and come up with the best opportunities for delivering against it. And delivering against it. And then also, you know, that trickles down as well to asking those questions in other aspects of the job. Hey, why are we doing this? How does this affect the business goals? What is the purpose of this page, this piece of copy, this email I'm sending? All of those things start to become, uh, you know, more intentional. And when you are leading out front like that and, and questioning and saying, hey, you know, why are we doing this? You'll see that transcend through the team and ultimately the organization will be a lot more thoughtful as a whole. And it's something that is extremely, extremely powerful. I absolutely now, agree. Can you tell me to, to shift to Pavilion and sure. what, what you all are, are doing in particular? It's in the data space, which for a lot of people, you know, they may gloss over, they might not know a lot about it. So how do you go into a space like data and then really tell Pavilion's story and separate yourself from competitors that are also in the space. You know, technology is an amazing thing in that we have so much innovation happening, not only in Silicon Valley, not only in Silicon Alley, across the globe, whether you look at tech centers everywhere, there are so many great innovative ideas. Oftentimes, though, it comes down to execution. And that's one of the things you're asking about. How do you effectively tell this story? A key thing, though, also with innovation is you actually see innovations kind of have a course that they run. And that course is becoming shorter and shorter in terms of the innovation. Where Pavilion is centered today is we're leveraging a new technology called NVMe over Fabric. And what that does is it totally changes the game for data storage. Data storage to date has used the same hardware architecture for the last 20 years and has made only incremental changes to design and capabilities of it to try and improve performance. What Pavilion is doing is completely revolutionizing the next generation data centers by shattering performance, density, scale, 
expectations for industry and entities. And when I say that, it's not just a buzzword of shattering performance expectations. It's really about how we have redesigned the entire storage architecture to take advantage of the software capabilities and the power and the potential of this new technology called NVMO, NVMe over fabric to deliver real-time, actionable, high-quality insights and decisions that change the way businesses do business. And it's really important in technology today when you think about the rise of the edge, the connection of IoT to the consumer, to the devices, as well as the realization of artificial intelligence and machine learning. You have to be able to handle the input and output demands that technology is asking to try and drive answers and to give feedback, to tell you when your light goes on and when it doesn't go on, to be able to pull up that iTunes music catalog that you want to listen to, to crunching the numbers as we seek to find a, uh, of, uh, you know, a vaccine for the, for the pandemic. The ability to fundamentally change the time and speed associated with making decisions through technology is what Pavilion Data Storage enables both organizations and entities to do. Very cool. And you, like you said, it's uh, with the state of the edge. And as I learn more about like edge computing and storage and having people like you on this show, you know, I'm personally able to learn more. And it's there's so many aspects to this great thing we call the Internet, never mind just business. Um, <laughs> and and, you know, being able to continually learn and, and be curious is something that, uh, you know, has been rewarding for myself, at least on this show, to have people like yourself on. So I appreciate that synopsis for sure. Now, if people want to learn more about Pavilion, where should where should they head? It's funny you ask that question because uh, I actually happen to also be a uh, Girl Scout leader and my Girl Scout troop was just uh, working on their toy badge and they had to do a video and a poster to promote their new toy design. And the one of the most important things I had to remind them is not only did they need to say the price, they also needed to say where did people need to go to learn more. So thank you very much, Jordan, for asking where should people go to learn more. It's very easy. Pavilion.io is our website. Sign up, get some gated content, follow us on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Great opportunities if this is a space of interest to you. But even beyond that, because your audience may or may not be directly associated with who our customer set is, what I would love to share with your audience is just maintain that hunger to learn and grow. Never be satisfied with what you know today and always be confident enough in yourself to realize that you shouldn't know all the answers. You should look to your team to help continue to let you grow and develop regardless of where you are in your career. If you maintain that sort of a mindset, you'll be amazed about what you can accomplish, what your team can accomplish, and what your company itself will be able to achieve. I agree completely. And I have nothing else to add onto that because that is a great way to wrap this episode. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, as always, please hit like, share, subscribe, and I will catch you next time. Um.